Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. And thank you very much for being here. We've got a good amount of stuff to talk about today. We've got uh, some Fed updates. We've got uh, some other earnings out from uh, FedEx. And uh, we've got uh, some housing numbers that we didn't cover last time. Uh, We've also got uh, some things going on over at Microsoft with Tesla and Rivian. Uh, So there's a lot of different things going on out there. And uh, what is dragging the market lower today? Uh, That is going to be the Fed. Uh, Powell came out and... uh, basically said, expect some more rate hikes, right? We've already talked about that. We saw that at the uh, the June 14th meeting, basically saying like, hey, we're going to pause here, but uh, uh, be aware that uh, inflation is still sticky. It came down a little bit. Uh, we had some other things that we thought we could hold off right now for that lag effect to really see how bad inflation is hitting the market. But uh, overall, we still know that we're going to need to do some more rate hikes in order to get to that uh, that 2% target inflation rate that the Fed has been looking and aiming for uh, for years now, right? That is where we've wanted to stay. Uh, you know, we're closer to 4% right now, but uh, there's still some sticky categories that uh, are making it uh, definitely hard to uh, bring that number down, you know, in the housing, in transportation, uh, some energy costs uh, seem to be rising back up right now. But um, yeah, so we're trying to get those main things down try to get some of those food numbers down. And uh, yeah, so we've, we've got a, a good bit of a sell-off going on right now, uh, at least in the NASDAQ. We're down about 1%, uh, S&P down about four-tenths of a percent. And the Dow is uh, losing the the least today. It's only down about a uh, tenth of a percent itself. So uh, a lot of those things that are going to be more rate uh, hike sensitive, right, are in that tech category. Those are going to be the ones that are going to be higher P.E., um, you know, less profitable in a lot of situations. And those are going to be the ones that are selling out off the hardest, right? And the ones that are going to have more profitability, less volatility, and really less need to do any borrowing right now are going to be the ones that are going to be a little bit more safe. So those are going to be the ones that are in the Dow normally that are more well-established, uh, you know, cash cow type companies that really have uh, all the profitability, all the money there in order to uh, withstand any type of rate hike, uh, they're going to just kind of go under the radar, right? So we kind of talked about that last time. A lot of things that are in the NASDAQ are getting into that bubble territory. A lot of those AI names, we're looking at uh, NVIDIA, we're looking at uh, you know uh, even some of the other names that aren't right related to AI, more so uh, you know Microsoft, Google, Amazon, they, they've all got ties to AI, don't get me wrong, but uh, they're not strictly right in the crosshairs of AI right now. So those are going to be trimming down a little bit today. We've also got Tesla coming down today, and it's not anything to do with what Tesla's doing, but more so with what the Fed's got going on, right? So as those uh, rates get more expensive, the, the other car companies uh, that really are not so profitable yet, I'm looking at uh, you know Lucid, Rivian that are, are still kind of churning along, trying to make it uh, a better path forward they are still going to be bringing down that group and uh, Tesla is going to get brought down on that as well. Right. So some of the things that Tesla was actually going up for 
uh, for the fact that they opened up the the charging network to Ford a couple weeks back, I believe GM last week, and now Rivian this week is also going to be in that uh, that group that is going to be able to use that the Tesla style chargers. Uh, Rivian actually also said that they are going to make Tesla style charging ports standard on their cars by 2025. So there's a lot of things here that are really pointing to the fact that uh, the Tesla charging network and the the charging uh, type, the port type, is actually going to be the standard of what could potentially be the the, the new normal for the uh, the charging networks. So uh, there is definitely some uh, you know sell off due to what's going on with the Fed there, but uh, overall, I think that this is a great story for Tesla and really where we go from here. I believe, and uh, I'm going to try to find this real quick, but um, I believe that uh, Texas has also adopted the Tesla style port as their main port style that they're going to implement in all their charging networks. So that is definitely uh, interesting to see where that goes. Uh, We've also got uh, Elon Musk saying that they're going to try to get into the Indian market uh, sooner than later, as soon as possible. And he will be visiting India next year in order to uh, really build out uh, what the future of Tesla looks like in India as well. So um, in a lot of ways, I know a lot of people thought Tesla is only an overpriced car company. Um, Man, I I definitely have to disagree here. This is kind of a, a tricky situation, right? I understand that it's overvalued on the basis of what a PE would look like for a typical automotive company. But uh, I think they've got a lot of levers to pull that uh, really have not been done yet. Uh, The charging network is going to be one of the first real starts to uh, opening up another market, another way for them to make more money. Um, We've also got Tesla solar, Tesla battery packs, whole battery packs for the house. Uh, There's a a lot of other things that they're going to be looking to go into. I know the the robo-taxis is a long way off, but uh, they are really looking for other ways to make money with what they have already established. So I'm I'm still bullish long term and uh, if this thing does pull back under my uh, my cost basis here I will probably add some more. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on in uh, the Tesla EV world. That is definitely interesting to me to see what happens here. Um I, I guess kind of in conjunction with that I just re-upped our yearly premium connectivity for our Tesla. And, um, you know, that gets you streaming for um, music. It's going to get you the karaoke or the karaoke to kind of sing along if you use that. I don't know if we've ever actually used that. But uh, streaming for uh, video, you can watch on Netflix, Hulu, Disney, whatever in the car. Uh, It's going to do the premium maps and the updated maps with live traffic. So I kind of feel that it's worth it for the, the value that you get. It's 99 bucks for the year. Um, you know, it's cheaper than buying XM. Uh, I think probably anymore. It's pretty pretty close, uh, but you also get a lot of other uh, updates and upgrades from simply just buying XM. So no XM in that car. I have it in my vehicles, in my trucks, but not in the not in the Tesla. But uh, I think it's worth it, and it's another add on that they can get a couple extra dollars for simply by uh, you know offering that package through the app. So you buy it right through the app. Uh, everything Tesla's app based. It's kind of kind of convenient when it works otherwise if you need to talk to someone it's probably uh harder to get a hold of someone at tesla anymore to actually you know answer a concern you almost have to put in a ticket through the app and then actually talk to the the chat person that's on the other end after you set up an appointment but 
I guess that's neither here nor there. But uh, just, I guess, my current experience with what's going on. But uh, yeah, FedEx, right? We've got uh, FedEx coming out. And uh, they actually did go ahead and beat on that EPS number. They came in uh, hotter than expected there. But their revenue was lower than expected. But uh, I like to see that their earnings uh, outpaced where they thought they were going to be on revenue that came in light. I definitely like that uh, approach rather than earnings being low and uh, revenue coming in hot. So the personal opinion there, I like having the the higher earnings. But um, we're also building more houses than we thought we were going to be building. Uh, I think the housing starts number came in at 1.631 million for May. Uh, we were looking at 1.4 million. So basically, that means that uh, there is still a lot of demand for housing, right? Regardless of what those interest rates look like. And uh, we're still going to have more people looking to build new houses. So um, again, you're going to see a lot of these home builder companies really kind of take off on this uh, based on the fact that you know we really have more demand than we anticipated. You're also going to see uh, a lot of the materials, basic materials companies roll higher. And then you know the appliances, the siding, the, the windows, all these different companies are going to kind of trend up on this news as well. So uh, we definitely need to take a look at those potentially for some uh, investing challenges going forward. Yes, we did get some news that Powell is going to raise these rates, but uh, people are going to be buying these products uh, as they have already started to build their house, right? We've got 1.6 million. If that number continues to trend higher, that's uh, definitely a sign that uh, we are really looking to put our money into building new homes right now. Uh, talking to the real estate agents that I know, inventory is still very, very low, right? There's still a lot of people looking, but there's not a lot of people really looking to move. So it looks like uh, a lot of the new houses are going to be where you're going to have to go to get into a, a home. And, um, you know, we, we're definitely going to fill out those, uh, those needs for a lot of those materials in doing so. So uh, I still think that uh, we're, we're going to have a, a strong housing market. Uh, I've just heard something today that says, or that said that we were going to be in the start of a bull market in housing, right? So uh, we could be at the beginning of this thing and really where housing and uh, basic material stocks go from here. Uh, I do think that we'll probably trade out of a lot of the NASDAQ names and maybe roll back into some of these other names that are going to uh, you know, really be safer names. They're not going to have these, uh, these multiples that are uh, in the 70s or in the over 100, right? They're going to be those names that are going to be more in that 15 to 20, 22 range, right? And uh, I'm definitely more comfortable with those. Uh, as we were talking about last time, we, we certainly see some of these tech stocks that uh, are going to have this massive valuation. You know, look at Enphase, right? I think the, the average, for example, there was 80 uh, as an 80 PE over the last five years. And since uh, then, it is now corrected down to about 55, I believe it was at last look. Uh, but actually, let's take a look where it is right now. Yeah, uh, 50.8 is the uh, the current PE on Enphase, ENPH. And that is one of the stocks of the week over there on Let It Grow Investing. If you want to uh, get your vote in for Enphase or one of the other uh, five that we've got over there, uh, follow the link in the description to get over to our Facebook group to get your vote in for your favorite stock of the week. But uh, as these multiples come down, you know we're going to see um, stocks are going to be valued at that fifty times multiple because they continue to grow. But uh, if the, you know the the growth isn't there, the economy slows, uh, we're going to get these multiple corrections that are going to take it from eighty times down to maybe thirty times, right? 
And that is going to be where you're going to lose a lot of money in the market. Yes, uh, Enphase is profitable and they're making about $3.43 over the trailing 12 months. That is the TTM if you're looking on E-Trade or any other broker. And um, they're profitable, right? But we want to see them continue to grow this number. Uh, It's been being priced as a growth company, right? So it's uh, you know, closer to that 80 times, but then over over time, it's going to slowly deteriorate that number. So right now we're at 50. I think that uh, might have sold off a little too much, in my opinion. And this one could be valued more at that 60 times multiple, something like that, right? I don't know that we're going to 20 on this one anytime soon, but you've also got to think about this one long term, right? So what you're investing now, is it going to be worth that in 10 years? Or really, where is this thing going from here? So uh, understand that those multiples can get uh, you know really cut in half when you're in some of these growth stocks, and there's definitely downside based on that. Uh, you know some of these other companies like Procter and Gamble, they're going to be lower PE companies generally speaking that don't really fluctuate that much. So Procter and Gamble's at a 25.8. I'm sure if I went and looked at the uh, the actual historical. Um, PE on Procter and Gamble, it would be much closer to where that number is right now. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and pull that one up and see if I can't uh, get a, a historical PE for you guys, just to just to show you how it can definitely uh, remain a lot more stable for a, a company like Procter and Gamble versus a growth stock, uh, you know, like Enphase or, or any of the other growth stocks that are out there. Uh, so Procter and Gamble. Uh, still has a little bit of upside, about eight and a half percent here. But let me get back over to the Reuters report and pull this one up. Um, they've got a little bit of revenue growth, dividend payouts getting a little high at sixty-four percent. I like them under sixty percent on a company like this. We are trading at a forward PE premium of only three percent, uh, and it says that the five-year average is actually thirty-five. So that might not be the best example. But uh, that forward PE is right on, right? It's within 3%. It's not going to have these big swings of, hey, we're undervalued by 40% unless something was really off on their earnings over the past 12 months. So you can certainly use those guides a little bit uh, uh, more realistic, right? A little bit more with bumpers on the side to kind of guide you as to when you should be investing in this one and when it's getting to the point to where it's overvalued. Uh, it's sometimes hard with some of these growth stocks because those PEs are going to fluctuate so much uh, due to the the, uh, the economy, due to their growth patterns, due to everything else, how much the revenue is growing. But uh, you know, Procter & Gamble is going to be a little bit more stable over the course of time. So definitely take a look at that when you are looking to invest in some different names. And uh, you know, like, like I said, right now might be a good time to get into some different ho- uh, housing stocks. We were looking at that uh, a few weeks back, and I thought that they had already run too much. Um, so I don't know that they have really corrected that uh, that far, but uh, it looks like we're going to be in a cycle where uh, we're going to get rewarded for holding some of these different names. That's going to be uh, potentially the, the next thing that really runs higher. So I'm just going to take a quick look at uh, Lennar and see this one is a very low PE stock at uh, 8.3 times. Uh, you know, small dividend at 1.23%. And uh, currently it is at the, the yearly high. It set the, the yearly high uh, just yesterday at uh, 123.06 and trading at 121.45 right now. So we are definitely coming out of uh, some of the slow time for a lot of the, the housing stocks. 
maybe some of those uh, other basic material companies might be uh, a better way to look right now. I have to definitely take a look into those for next time. But uh, just something to take a look at out there as to what could potentially go up within the next uh, few months here. So uh, what else we got? We've got uh, PayPal. They sold off some of their uh, buy now, pay later loans. Uh, it says substantial amount or up to $40 billion worth of these loans are going to be sold in Europe to a company called KKR. Uh, that actually had PayPal going up a little bit, right? We saw PayPal uh, trending down in the low 60 range. And uh, yesterday, I believe they got up to around 68, uh, give or take here. And we're, we're trading we're trading at 68.17 right now, uh, down about 1% on the day. So they have traded down a, a little bit on some of these uh, rate hike concerns from the Fed. But uh, overall, this, uh, this PE is substantially cut. This is a, a definitely one that uh, was in that growth stock category. Uh, being, you know, PEs much higher than the current 29 that they are trading at. But uh, like I said, they've, they've got uh, some profitable things in the uh, the, the forecast. They are going to be operating at lower margins, doing some of the, uh, the transactions for other companies. But um, there still is a good amount of upside, around 35% of upside, according to 32 analysts in the last uh, three months here. So I definitely think that this one has some room to go up. Uh, they might not be generating the margins that they were before, but uh, they were also looking at having a revenue growth and EPS growth in the next quarter. So definitely one to kind of take a look at. I know Apple Pay is kind of cutting into what they're doing. Uh, a lot of that core business has a lot of competition, but uh, somehow they're still looking to up where they're at from here. And uh, you know, with 35% upside, it might be worth the risk, uh, especially now that that PE has come down so substantially over where it was trading in the past. Granted, they are kind of trading uh, or changing what they are doing as far as their ways to make money. So take that with a grain of salt. Definitely take a look into this company before you do any investing. This is just simply something I'm looking at right here, right now. Uh, speaking of what I'm doing right here, right now, what have I been purchasing? Uh, I told you guys last week that I had a, uh, a call, covered call expire and uh, my my shares actually got assigned. So that was the first time for that. Uh, Blackstone, I had a $91 strike price on it. Uh, I think it closed the week at $91.13. So they swept those 100 shares out of my account. And uh, I got left with uh, you know a little bit of cash here. So what have I been looking at, right? Uh, uh, we were talking about uh, United Health. I've got some orders on United Health. This one ultimately ran up uh, yesterday as well as today. So I, I've still got my limit order set for that. Still got limit order set for Chevron. Uh, on my orders that actually triggered, I did buy some more ABML. Uh, so the, the battery uh, recycling uh, company, I'm looking to get in that. That is going to be a gross stock speculative name for me. Uh, I did buy some more Blackstone, right? So I sold it at 91. Uh, I bought back in at 89.50. So you know I'm back down uh, a little bit from where it was. Uh, ordered some of that, uh, bought a little bit more Altria. That one is going to be yielding around 8%. They did get uh, brought down. Uh, they do have a stake in Anheuser-Busch, which brought this one down a bit. But uh, overall, I still think that this is going to be just a dividend churning company, cash cow type company that I'm comfortable with. Uh, with the uh, commercial real estate market, they're, they're really looking to make sure, the Fed's looking to make sure that there is enough funding for things like this. 
uh, without really trying to bring that inflation up. It's a, it's a fine balance is what Powell was saying. I did go ahead and buy some ABR, some Arbor Realty, which is also going to be a dividend uh, name here. This one is going to be yielding, I believe, 12%. Uh, let me take a look and just, uh, yeah, 12.5% on Arbor Realty. So it is a good one to have in an IRA and, uh, you know, or a tax sheltered account. Uh, so that is uh, one that I'm looking to add to here. PE is around 8.3. The free cash flow looked pretty solid. Uh, so I thought that one could be a good pick. Uh, bought that around $13 and it's about a dollar higher already. So I am comfortable with that. Uh, what do we got on the other side of the uh, equation over here? Um, man, I've been I've been making some orders here in the last couple of days. We've got uh, more end phase, more MPW. Uh, Bank of America, Enbridge, Charles Schwab. Uh, that one has been hit since the uh, banking kind of crisis that we had and uh, really has not rebounded. So they've got more assets under management. There's more people looking to get into investing and um, really a, a lot more uh, that I think they've got some uh, some earnings that have not really been factored in. So I went ahead and started a position in that. That is a new purchase for me on uh, Charles Schwab, SCHW. Uh, bought more bought more MPW. I guess I bought some uh, two days ago or yesterday, and then I added some more today. Uh, Plug Power, more Bank of America, more Enphase. So I'm, uh, I'm really trying to get a mixture here of dividends, of some growth names, and really just kind of spread out this money. And, uh, you know, uh, Blackstone was a nice dividend payer for me. So I wanted to replenish some of that with some higher paying dividend companies, but also get in some more growth opportunities in there. And uh, some that I just thought were going to be undervalued, you know, Schwab, uh, Bank of America, definitely things that I am thinking are undervalued, uh, as well as Enphase. I still think that that one has a long ramp in front of it for uh, the build out of all these new homes, all these new solar projects and really all the EVs and all the demand for electricity that is out there. Uh, open orders on this account. Uh, no, I've got some next era energy. That one's going to have to come down a little bit before I buy that. Uh, CVS, still looking to add there. I think that that one is undervalued. And uh, we're still getting a solid dividend. We've got uh, more United Health that I'm looking to purchase. Um, as I said last time, you know there are more people looking to get some of those elective surgeries uh, done now that they you know put off during the pandemic times. But uh, I do believe that United Health will be fine in a short amount of time here. I think we're going to have uh, you know maybe a couple quarters that uh, we're going to have higher uh, costs for them, but then we're going to get it evened out, and uh, you know we're going to kind of churn forward and move higher here. So I'm comfortable with all those names. Uh, really not looking to buy too much in the way of tech. Uh, I guess Enphase is kind of tech, but uh, a lot of them are going to be more in, um, you know, the healthcare sector or some REITs that are going to pay me uh, some more dividends. I've got some utilities here and next era energy, so I'm really trying to, uh, you know, diversify a bit. Uh, my portfolio, as I said last time, was getting a lot more tech heavy. Uh, since things have really run so much this year for the way of, uh, you know, Tesla, NVIDIA, Apple, Microsoft, those are certainly the ones that are going to be sitting at the top of my uh, uh, market uh, portfolio percentage for my main account here. And uh, I definitely wanted to get some more dividends back 
and also know that I'm, I'm getting some other companies that are going to be undervalued from here. So uh, I really don't want to chase a lot of these names. And uh, hopefully that shows with some of the names that I'm actually picking to buy in my own account right now. But um, yeah, for the uh, for the investing challenge, um, I guess I can I can say what we bought for this week and then I'll go ahead. I'll take a short break after that. And uh, we'll talk about the ones that I'm looking at for this coming week. Uh, so we did go ahead and buy Kroger. Ticker was KR. We bought that Tuesday as the market was closed on Monday. I think I got uh, ahead of myself when I did the last episode and said that I was buying it Monday, which uh, the market was closed. So that did not happen. But um, this one, where did I buy Kroger at? Um, let's take a look here. I think my cost basis on it here is about uh, 40 578 no 4692 and the current price is 4578 always get it confused on Weeble but uh we did add to this one right so we've uh we purchased this before i believe about this time last year and uh we're down about two and a half percent on this name overall but uh i still believe that this one is undervalued as well right we've got about three dollars of uh earnings per share on this one and a, a pe sitting at 1498 uh or 14.98. And uh, that gets us to that stock price of 45.77. Uh, simply take that EPS, multiply out by your uh, PE multiple, and that'll get you to your uh, your share price. So we've got about two and a quarter percent of a uh, uh, quarterly dividend here and a uh, very low beta, right? 0.3. So that means we're not going to get a lot of those swings in that, uh, uh, that PE. It's going to stay pretty uh, stable there, right? You see a PE or a beta above one, it's going to be more volatile, more risky. Uh, under one, it's going to be less volatile. So uh, that is what we did. And uh, where do we got to go from here on analyst research on Kroger? About 15% of upside here. So I do believe if that Albertsons deal does go through, they're still in the works on that one to get that done. Uh, I do believe that this one's going to roll up nice. And uh, you know, then they will be the number two grocery provider in the US. So that would certainly be a, a nice deal for them to get done and then uh, really be able to go up against uh, you know the Walmarts of the world and uh, take them on with uh, you know Amazon as well is probably in that mix anymore. But uh, it should give them a lot more flexibility to do a lot more online orders and really build out that side of the business is what they are looking to do with this and really get uh, you know like the, the Instacart type deal uh, to where people can order online, get everything right to uh, people's doors and really be a competitive powerhouse in that industry. So I'm uh, definitely interest, interested to see what happens with this Albertson deal. If it does not happen, I still believe that we are in a solid company that uh, will have a, a boatload of cash sitting if the Albertsons deal does not go through. And then they can build out their own network with uh, you know trying to get those online orders, really uh, maximize efficiency throughout their own stores. So uh, thank you guys for voting for that one. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the five stocks that we are looking to purchase this week and uh, where you can vote on those. So if you want to uh, hang tight for a second, I'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. So uh, if you are looking to get started with an account of your own, uh, whether it's a, a trading account or a retirement account or simply a, a side account, right? Uh, you can do that at uh, uh, E-Trade, Crypto.com, uh, Webull or Binance. I've got links in the description for all of those. Uh, Crypto.com is, uh, is great for crypto trades. And um, 
the Weeble app is where we are doing the uh, 2023 investing challenge for the uh, the podcast, right? We're voting on it weekly. Uh, I'm putting in $200 every week of my own money into that portfolio to really build out and show you guys what uh, your 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 money can do for you over the course of time. So uh, if you're following along, if you're uh, on the Let It Grow Investing page, uh, you can certainly follow along and vote with what we're doing there and then uh, start an account of your own over there at, uh, at Weeble. So uh, with that being said, I did want to mention why I'm not really looking, uh, another reason I'm not really looking to buy the NASDAQ right now. Uh, one of these... Uh, Big things, big fears in the market right now is that the short interest has crept above $1 trillion. Uh, that is going to be the highest per percent of uh, money that is in this uh, this short position since uh, April of 2022. And uh, basically, it means that uh, people are betting on these stocks to go down. Uh, you know, we saw this with, with GameStop. GameStop had a large percentage of their shares uh, short. And, uh, you know, the apes came in, bought up all of them. And then the, uh, the investment banks had to come back in and buy up shares that were already elevated, making this one kind of go to the moon, right? But uh, simply with the, the NASDAQ, there's too many stocks. There's not enough money out there as far as people that are just going to manipulate this one. So this is actually just going to be a headwind for the market as there's not going to be enough buyers to send these shares higher and then have those bankers uh, really cover their positions by buying shares back. So it is going to be a, uh, a headwind, a problem that we're all going to be seeing going forward, uh, simply because there's more people betting on them going down than there's going to be buyers uh, overall. So understand that that is a problem uh, that we could definitely see in some of these tech names. That's where a lot of the, the uh, short money is right now. And uh, it's just a, another thing to consider out there before you go ahead and buy up a lot of NASDAQ uh, tech names, growth names, and uh, just understand that's another thing to contend with. Um, and as I am reporting on this, we've got uh, the, the Dow is really about flat right now. Uh, the NASDAQ is still down and the, the S&P has come back up a little bit as well. So nice to see that uh, even since we've been uh, just recording this over the past hour, the market is kind of rebounding a little bit here. But um, yeah, going forward, let's take a look at what we've got as far as stocks of the week for week 26 here. And that'll be the halfway point of the year somehow. We're already there. I'm not too sure where the time went, but uh, we are already halfway through this year. So first up was going to be United Health, right? And uh, United Health uh, traded down on the fact that uh, a lot of people were putting off their surgeries through COVID, like I said, and now they are. Uh, electing to get these surgeries done, right? So uh, a lot of these healthcare costs are going up. They're saying that the, the costs that they are facing are going to be higher and earnings might come in light. So we're seeing uh, this kind of across the board, uh, United Health being the first one and Humana being the second. So both of those are going to be uh, the first and second stocks for week 26 here. Uh, United Health is going to have a little bit less upside uh, they have moved up very nicely over the past five days. Um, sometimes I think I should just buy these when I see it and not even, you know, maybe throw it out to the group, but also buy it at the same time. So this one uh, was around, got down to 445 on the 14th, which was uh, about a week ago. And now we're sitting at 477. So definitely a, a nice move higher, about $32 in the course of a week. And um, one that I still think has a long way to go here. The, uh, the PE is at 21.4. 
but the earnings are supposed to really uh, creep up over the next two years. Uh, and uh, the fact that we are trading under some of these historical values for United Health, I think we got a short term problem. But uh, long term, I think we're going to be fine. That's why I really wanted to get this one in the investing challenge this week. And also why I told you that I've, I'm looking to buy it in my own accounts as well. Uh, so 1.6% is the, the quarterly dividend. Uh, we've got uh, analyst research. I believe it was around uh, 20, about 24% right now. So the average price target for 12 months out is around 590. So definitely one that I still think has a significant amount of upside. And uh, you're going to continue to have this one grow over uh, the next couple of years is what the, the numbers are looking like right now. Uh, so Humana HUM is the ticker there. Let's take a look on that. We've got uh, a higher percentage of upside on Humana. We're sitting at 455 currently, moving up about 2% today. And uh, we still got about 32.5% of upside. But this one's getting no love on the investing challenge. Uh, so uh, if you like Humana, uh, I definitely think that we got a lot of upside here. Uh, the dividend, I believe, is a little bit higher than... Oh no, dividends a little bit lower than United Health. I got them flip flopped. So this one's about 0.8% of a dividend, but the PE is lower at 18 times. Uh, I do believe that United Health is probably more of a premium operator than Humana uh, based on some of the management, some of the other things. I think they just uh, typically trade a little bit higher on that PE basis. Uh, so we're going to see uh, Humana be a little bit cheaper based on a PE. But uh, I still think that it does have a a good chance to catch up to the uh, the PE of United Health, right? It could uh, could definitely get up there. Uh, so I think that's a reason for a little bit more upside on Humana right now. Uh, so both of those I think are very very strong choices going forward, and uh, some that you can you know rest a little bit easier at night. Plus you've got a, a good amount of upside on both. And a little bit of dividend for a little bit of safety there. So uh, I definitely like those two. Uh, I chose United Health a long time ago for my portfolio, and I'm looking to add to it right here. So uh, I guess take that with a grain of salt. Um, number three, let's move right ahead. We've got uh, Enphase, right? Enphase Energy, the uh, the solar company that does uh, the microinverters on their panels to uh, have them individually controlled and not all in one big grid. Uh, so this one, like I said earlier, the uh, the PE was sitting around 80 times on the historical five year. Right now, it's corrected back down to about 50 times. So this one is going to be trading at a discount uh, compared to where it normally trades. Although that PE multiple can be corrected over time, um, you know this one has had massive growth over the past five years. Uh, so we'll see if that can actually continue. the The earnings numbers look strong. Uh, for the next uh, 18 months or so that I was looking at. And I believe that this one can certainly uh, continue to grow from here, right? We do have some recession concerns, but we also just got housing numbers that are saying that uh, new housing starts are higher than we anticipated. So maybe we've got more panels going on those houses. Uh, we've also got uh, more charging networks being built, more uh, demand for uh, electricity, so I'm definitely thinking that more people are going to be going uh, with some solar power or at least solar to help their electrical bills. And uh, I still think that this one has a lot of value left to go. But uh, that beta is a 1.6. United Health was a 0.3. Humana was a 0.4. Uh, and like I said, if it's above one, it's going to be more risky, more volatile. Uh, that is where Enphase normally lives, right? They're more volatile. That's just what it is. But they do have about 54% of upside currently. So the uh, we're currently trading around 170. 
and uh, average price targets around 260. So uh, like I said, about 54% and uh, one that I definitely think can get there based on the fact that the uh, the earnings are strong, the PE multiple is way under where it normally trades. And uh, I'd still think that there's going to be a lot of demand for electricity and solar uh, solutions here in the next 18 months. I don't see that going away. So ENPH for number three. Um, now, number four is going to be Amazon, A-M-Z-N. And um, this one, we were looking at the PE and why this is so high. Uh, it was trading around 300 times, uh, 304 times. And uh, was showing that they had negative earnings into Q4 and 22. Uh, now, we know there was a couple problems in 22 with uh, supply chain and, and a lot of different things there. Uh, I'm sure they wrote down a lot of different uh, purchases and things like that. Uh, I don't really have the, the whole reason as to why their earnings were negative and their PE is so high. But uh, right now, the, the earnings is low uh, on that EPS basis. It's only $0.41. Cents. Uh, so that is going to going to be a big part of why that uh, that PE is so stretched right now. The earnings just looks light. But uh, when you look forward, uh, you know, they're going to be back up to over $2, I believe, by the end of 24. And uh, then that PE multiple is going to get back in line. Uh, so looking at the projections, it makes sense that uh, trading right now at a 304 times multiple is a short-lived thing for Amazon. Uh, I do believe that this one is going to be a continue to be a premium operator and one that is going to uh, continue to grow from here on out. So uh, AMZN, yes, it's got a crazy PE. Yes, it's trading high, but those earnings numbers are going to be brought back up in the next 18 months. And uh, we're really trading off of their future growth. We're not looking at where it came from. We're looking at where those numbers are going. And I uh, believe that this one is priced uh, fairly well, pretty flat compared to where it was based on that forward PE number. So don't freak out when you look at uh, simply a 304 times PE. Uh, do a little bit more research and see what the numbers are looking like going forward. So number four, Amazon. I don't really need to, to go into too much uh, on this one, really. I think everyone knows what it is. But uh, I will say that the, uh, the FTC is suing Amazon over manipulative tactics to enroll users in premium service. Uh, that is that Prime uh, package. Uh, they're saying that a lot of uh, people were kind of manipulated into buying Prime. Uh, I really don't know what they are saying that uh, Amazon was doing here, but it says uh, they duped millions of consumers into enrolling in Prime. Uh, $139 annual subscription with more than 200 million members worldwide. Blah, blah, blah. What do we got? Amazon tricked and trapped people into recurring subscriptions without their consent, not only frustrating users, but also costing them significant money. FTC chair Lina Khan said, Lina Khan said in a statement, um, it says it's partially redacted. The culmination of investigation began in March of 21. FTC uh, was tasked with enforcing antitrust laws and consumer protection laws. I don't know. I guess they're saying it's manipulative, coercive, deceptive, but I really don't know how you think that. I mean, I've, I've got prime and I don't think I was, uh, coerced into buying it. I, I think everyone gets the same deal. It's the same price and either, you know, you're buying it or you don't, I'm not too sure. I'm trying to read this at the same time, but, um, apparently they slowed or rejected changes that would have made it easier for users to cancel. I mean, I went on there and canceled Peacock the other day and it didn't seem too hard. I don't know. Uh, just understand that there's more uh, uh, drama in the streets around Amazon. If this one falls, 
based on this, I, I would definitely buy it back. That's that's no uh, question for me. So I'm I'm here saying that uh, I'd be buying Amazon if we we get traded down on some FTC news. I don't see that that being uh, real uh, a sticking point on this one. But uh, yeah, number four, AMZN, Amazon. Uh, so next up, I, I told you guys I wanted to get a utility stock, but I also wanted a utility stock with a little bit of growth. And as I said earlier, uh, I've already got a limit order in my IRA for this one, right? And uh, this one is Next Era Energy. The ticker is NEE. Uh, it had a compound annual growth rate uh, over the last 10 years of about 17.4%, right? Now, the other uh, utility companies were all between 7 and uh, I think 10 11%. 11%. So I opted to go with the, uh, the utility name here that's in the clean energy space. They're doing mostly solar and wind projects. They've got some other stuff going on too. I believe they, they bought some sort of a gas pipeline, natural gas pipeline as well. But um, really, they are trying to be a, a premier premium operator in that wind, that solar space, and uh, one that is continuing to grow. So uh, what does it say here? We've got, uh, they are a, re a rate regulated electric utility that has about 5.8 million customer accounts throughout the east and lower west coast of Florida and eight counties throughout northwest Florida. Um, they do... Uh, electric generation facilities and wholesale energy markets in the United States and Canada includes assets and investments in other business with a clean energy focus, such as battery storage and renewable fuels. So I wanted to get into something that's a utility. Uh, I wanted a little bit of the stability of something like that with higher growth rates. Now you're going to get more of a starting dividend being in Duke or Southern or Dominion. But uh, you're getting about two and a half percent out of uh, Next Era Energy, and uh, combine that with that you know annualized growth rate of around seventeen percent. I'm I'm comfortable with that. Uh, so I get a little bit of the best of both worlds, and a company that uh, the beta is a 0.7, so it's not as volatile as going in strictly into end phase, where you're getting more growth, but a lot more uh, you know restless not restlessness over looking at what is end phase doing this week. So I thought that this one could be a good one to uh, to add into my IRA uh, to have a bit of a growth stock and uh, get some dividend. We've got about 17.6% of upside. We're sitting at 76 currently, the average price target being 89.40. So for all those reasons, uh, I like the positioning on this one. I like that it's clean energy. And uh, I think it's another way to get a utility that is not simply uh, you know just the old run-of-the-mill electric company. Uh, this one is certainly has that focus on clean energy and going green in the future, where I think a, a lot of people, a lot of this spending is right now. So um, that's the five I've got for this week, right? Uh, we've got a uh, quick recap, United Health, UNH, Humana, HUM, Enphase, ENPH, Amazon, AMZN, and Next Era Energy, which is NEE. So uh, I do have the link in the description, but you can simply search for Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. It is a private group. Uh, and that is to try to keep out a lot of the the scammers and the spam out of the group. Uh, so you know, go ahead and uh, request to join, and I'll uh, get you in there on the page, and then you can get your vote in for one of the five of this week. And um, yeah, no love for Humana. I don't know why, but uh, I'm interested to see you guys' thoughts. If you got any questions, feel free to reach out. And uh, if you need anything else, uh, feel free to leave a comment on the Spotify link or on the uh, Let It Grow investing page. So uh, with that being said, take care, and I will catch you guys in the next one.
Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.